Hey everyone, just a bit of housekeeping before we get into the episode proper this week. We had John Bell on as a guest this week, and I forgot to get him to plug his channel and everything. So you can find him at Noiseberry Games on YouTube. Just Google it or put it in your YouTube search bar, and there will also be a link in the episode description for that. And be sure to check out his documentary on the Persona series. That's the video game series we're discussing this week. There will be a link to that in the episode description as well. Now let's get on with the cover me. Imagine a world where Mario Golf became more popular than the mainline Mario platforming games. That's kind of what happened for Atlas with their mainline series, Shin Megami Tensei, and its spin-off series, Persona. In 2017, Shin Megami Tensei had sold 7.2 million units across all of its installments since 1987. Persona, which first released nine years after Shin Megami Tensei in 1996, has sold 8.5 million units in 2017, 1.3 million more than Shin Megami Tensei. The Persona series really started to take off with its fourth installment, Persona 3, in 2006. The game introduced elements of simulation games, making players engage not only with dungeon crawling and random encounters, but with the day-to-day -day life of being a Japanese high school student and building relationships. Persona 4 and 5 would continue to lean heavily on these sim aspects while also refining the overall style of the series and continually reinventing classic elements of the series. One such classic element is the space that exists between dreams and reality, the Velvet Room. This mysterious space serves as a sort of respite from both the demon world and the everyday demands of the life of a high schooler. The room itself changes form across the series, but one thing has been mostly consistent, the theme music. Shoji Meguro, Japanese composer and guitarist, joined Atlas in 1995 after sending them a demo tape and going through two rounds of interviews. He has been one of the main composers for the Persona series since its inception, and his own musical tastes and stylings have directly impacted the series' musical direction. Meguro dabbles in a variety of genres, including rock, electronic, jazz, and J-pop. For The Velvet Room, Meguro drew inspiration from the genre he has loved since childhood, classical. That's right, we're talking Aria of the Soul, composed by Shoji Meguro on Cover Me. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions, compares them against one another to find out which one is looking cool, Joker. I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined as always by my velvety smooth co-host, Alex Mildenberger. Alex Mildenberger. Coming in on the Alex mic, on this mic. Coming in on the microphone. What's, uh, how, you, how you feeling, Alex? I'm feeling alright. Everything's going, like, there's nothing exciting to talk about, I'll admit. Other than uh, no, there's no there's no weather right now. <laughs> I mean, there was weather happening, you know, um, but the more important weather is the political weather. Am I right, you guys? You are right. Guy, uh, you only know about one person. You yeah, you've given given the game away. Joining <laughs> us once more again, you know him from Noiseberry Games fame. Oh, that's right. Everybody who doesn't know you is very confused right now. It's John Bell back on the podcast. John, how you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. I forgot I did like a whole rebrand since the last time I was on here. That's right. It's I meant to have you on a lot sooner, but I got a job with like the worst scheduling on the planet. So oh no! It's tough enough just to get Alex to record with me. <laughs> Shit. So keep changing days. Um, but yeah, you since since the last time you've been on, which was for the Dark Souls episode. Uh, I think it was February. I think that was the darkness. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right for the darkness. Yeah. As always, anything with dark in the name, we're legally obligated to get you on. Absolutely, yeah. Very brooding so person. 
Yes. <laughs> That's right. But since then, you you're no longer the Jar Dev. No, I will I will eternally be Jar of Jar Dev. But um, right, of course, just just Jar Dev didn't really fit anymore. Like you know, it, it came from John and Robbie, and Robbie just doesn't do that anymore. And I yeah, record no with longer an and Robbie. Yeah, not really. Like very occasionally. Um, but I just wanted something that encompassed more than just me and one other person. So Robbie's just workshop some names. Mm-hmm. Robbie's too like, busy what? planning his wedding. Yeah, he's doing that, real life things. Sure is. Um, what names were left on the cutting room floor, John? What, what were some that didn't make the cut? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know if I have them off the top of my head. I can't remember them now. <laughs> <laughs> But they were they were all like you know a little bit weird, pretty much. Right. So noise berry is that just is it purely just like one that you said hey this sounds pretty good or is it is there some deeper me is there something poetic behind it? Basically, um, my friend Chris suggested it and I recorded with him a lot and he he just like he gave a bunch of names and like that one just kind of stood out because it sounded like it could mean something more and so I said Chris what does this mean. And he says, I don't know, I just thought it sounded cool. I was like, that's perfect. <laughs> hey, there you go. So, like, you know, people might, like, look at it and say, what does that mean? There's no hidden meaning, and I, I kind of like that. Oh, that's always a good... That's a trick musicians use as well. Exactly. Yeah. Or, like, authors and stuff, you know, like, when you're doing an English degree, you have to find meaning in all these things, and sometimes it's just not going to be there. Yeah, sometimes you're just making it up. Absolutely. Like, some of this lying around. The color blue comes up a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, yeah, good enough. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Hey, we talk about that in song lyrics all the time. It's like if you make it vague enough, it can be about almost anything. Yeah, that's, that's like true. half the genius comments, isn't it? Oh, yeah. They're pretty just like, much. actually, this reminds me of my dead dog. You're like, well, I guess <laughs> that must be what it was about. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but we're not here to talk about geniuses. In fact, there's no lyrics for today's song. The Aria of the Soul from the Persona series. Persona series celebrating its 25th anniversary. Also, its fifth installment celebrating its fifth anniversary in September here. Um, Alex, I know you haven't played Persona 5 because you're a have bad not, person. I have not. John, I know you recently got into the Persona series after the release of Persona 4 Golden on PC. Yeah, so I, I, I picked up Persona 4 Golden when it came out last year it was last summer um and really really liked it and for some reason i like had it in my head like because they released persona 4 in july that next year like july 2021 they would surely come out with something else so i held off on playing any other persona games until uh this summer and of course the july date came and went with with nothing from atlas because they do whatever they want with no rhyme or reason so i just started emulating all the other games at that point and now i've i've played them all you've played them all yeah oh my god that's quite a I've time commitment all, all of the social sim ones that is a huge time commitment i've even played one and the first part of two i haven't played the second oh, okay. two yet. i haven't played what's the second I've part heard something about good. sin one is not good one is not good. I think that's it's, what I heard. It's very old school. It's very old school, right? Like it was PlayStation 1, no? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it had a PSP port. Like I actually I bought a, a Vita just to be able to play these old games on a handheld. Oh, oh my god. Uh, <laughs> one is just not good. Like I think I only made it a few hours into that and just got frustrated with it. Um, but two. Two is pretty good. Excellent. 
I think Hitler appears in that. Is that correct? That is correct. <laughs> yeah, fascinating. Persona is weird. <laughs> it is weird. Um, it is very cool. At least playing the the three I've played, where it it sort of shifts to that that half social sim, half dungeon crawler vibe. Is how much like each one really does build on sort of the core concepts introduced in three and expand those. Because playing, I played five first, and then I went to four, and then three. Or was it five, then three, then four? Anyway, I played five first, which I think is still the best in my opinion. It's refined, the style is over the top, and I think the story is is pertinent to today's world. Although some people will say it's over dramatic, which yeah, it's you know, it's you're a bunch of high schoolers. It should be a little bit dramatic. It should be, yeah. Yeah, I, but, I would Yeah, like No, go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say, yeah, I would like I, I think I played four, then five, then three, and I would agree that five is the best. It's just I, I think it's the most fun to play, and yeah, I think the story was better in that one mm -hmm. i think it was yeah, very good um also the best voice acting of the series yes three i had i think there i i hope there was an option to turn it off because i think i did <laughs> this is really bad in three <laughs> so three i don't know how you played it but i managed to like i, I kind of held off on playing three for a little bit because like i just finished five and didn't want to get super burnt out on it yeah um, and then i think two days before i started playing three i found a mod for it that um somehow oh, lets got... you actually use the party members no i didn't i didn't use that actually <laughs> but there was a mod that um added the japanese voices back in to replace the english Ooh. and it was life-saving <laughs> oh my god because they're so fucking bad, they're so bad. <laughs> it's just like maybe because it's 2006 and like our ability to dub has improved since then i think the but budget has also improved since then probably but holy shit just like really like rough reads like like junior high theater kind of line reads yeah and like just even the like even though i had the mods the the like cinematic cutscenes were still in english and it was so jarring and just made me like so much more thankful that all like the the rest of the lines were in japanese i thought i thought the four dub was decent um yeah four's not bad although i also played golden so they redid some of like it's some of uh, the characters are redone, but not all of them. So I don't know exactly uh, why. I remember seeing a really like passionate YouTube video of a guy being like, "So which one's better?" And then he like plays the two scenes, and he's like, "I think it's obvious." And then he says it's the original, but I don't know. I didn't agree <laughs> with him. So what are you gonna do? I think do? it's obvious. Doesn't say anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> End of video. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I played all with Japanese voices, so I can't actually talk about the dubs except for like the little bits of three I heard. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I, I typically don't pay much attention to the voices. I'm usually doing them myself, depending on who I'm with, because I played the Persona 4 with my siblings, so we did all the voiceovers ourselves, and then oh, Persona cool. 5, I played a lot with Steven, and then Persona 3 was just me, but I turned off the, <laughs> the, the, the vocal tracks, because they were so goddamn rough. Yeah, that is preferable. Um, That said, it was this was an episode that you had requested, John. You, you, you sent in an email, shout out to you. Thank you. Uh, requesting Persona. Uh, naturally, I think he wanted us to actually do something from Persona 5, which has a banging soundtrack, as do like most of them, all of mm -hmm. them, really. Because it really is mostly the Shoji Meguro guy who just fucking slaps. He's just like some little weird like musical genius kid who, yeah. like, it, it, if you read his early life career, it's like he was born in Tokyo, Japan. He became familiar with technology from a young age due to his parents running a factory. <laughs> and then he then goes on to major in hydrodynamics at the College of Industrial Technology at Neon University. 
and then for some reason just goes into music with Atlas, and that's pretty much where he's been knocking out these projects. But uh, yeah, going back to my actual point, Alex has only played number four. You've played all Golden. of them. I've played the last three. So finding like a one song that both like reflects the Persona series as a whole would have covers, and we'd all be able to talk about pretty much narrowed it down to just this one. Yeah, I, like, I didn't even think of, like, a song that's in all of the games. Like, I was just trying to think, like, what do I think is, like, like the, the best or, like, the most fun Persona song? And, like, I think 5 soundtrack is the best. But uh, I think yeah. the, the way you've done it, like, picking one song that's in all of the games is, is, is way better than whatever I thought of. I don't know, because I think the obvious choice from Persona 5 would be Last Surprise. Yes. The the battle theme. Everybody kind of knows it. It was a little bit memey when it came out because people kept using it in videos. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I didn't want Alex to miss out on the experience about talking about the game experiences. And one that is actually, like, this one is sort of a surprise to talk about because it is so critical to every Persona game. Um, and after number three, the music stays exactly the same. They use the same track. Like, it's... It's in like a, a sort of primordial form in one and two, where it, it's more like chip tune instruments. You know, it's just it sounds cheaper basically, but it is the same core concept. Yeah, and like I, I saw something um, on like the Persona Wiki about specifically the version in two, which is where mm -hmm. they like added other classical music in the background of it, and like I didn't get a chance to listen to it, but yeah, apparently that's like the only one they really like changed up. Yeah, that makes sense, because I think even in the first game, it's actually, like, diegetic music, because you have a guy on piano, yeah. and then an opera singer in the room with Igor there. Yes. So it's that's been, like, just the basic concept. So to, to talk about the name for a bit, because I, I don't think anybody on the... Oh, maybe Alex might know what an aria is beforehand, but I had to look it up. I, I did have to I look did. it up. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So it's a self-contained piece for one voice with or without instrumental accompaniment. And that's that's pretty much what this song is. Is just like and the voice is just vocals, it's not even words. Yeah, the lyrics are ah. You know, like that. Yeah. So on and so forth. Um, what do we think about this song in general? What are our thoughts and feelings on it? Um, I mean, for me, like, as someone who's played all the games, like, when I started the playlist and, like, it kicked in, it just immediately took me back to exclusively Persona 5, even though, like, I mm. played 3 the most recently. I guess right. I probably just, like, spent the most time in the Velvet Room in Persona 5. Um, but, like, yeah, just, just hearing that version just instantly takes me back to that game in particular. Yeah, what about you, Alex? What yeah, you I know? mean, it's it's a very effective song at, like, evoking the kind of mysterious nature of the, the Velvet Room in whatever form it is. I played Persona 4, so the Velvet Room is like the back of a limo in that one. That's right. But, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's still very mysterious. Like, you don't really know much yeah. about what the motivations of the people in it or why it's there. So... Yeah, I think you keyed in on one aspect of it for sure, the mysterious tone, which in, in just about every Persona game, there's an air of mystery. There's always like, oh, what the fuck is going on here? Mm -hmm. And then the Velvet Room itself is mysterious. I think the other thing that kind of comes up is it, there's an almost like comfortable like home feel to this. 
maybe not your home, but you feel like it doesn't. It's not threatening, but it's just like there's a a sort of aura of calmness around it. Because it's kind of a place where you do go back to, and it is a safe space. It's mm-hmm. just one that is mysterious, but you can yeah. manage your whatever stuff there. Yeah, your persona is there is typically what stuff. you manage, and and then you know you can kind of talk to some of the people in there sometimes. And depending on which game, they'll either be really mean to you, or they'll just kind of be neutral. Yeah. <laughs> or you'll form a relationship with them and build it up over time, so they'll start as mm-hmm. a bit mean, but then over time warm up to you. Yeah. Now, I think part of the reason it also has this comfortable feel, um, and I read like this random Medium blog post. Oh, me too. About, yeah, and he talks about how it's classical music for these reasons. I mean, this is a bunch of musical theory I don't understand. Yeah. But it apparently ends on a major, so like a B major is what it ends on, which typically has, you know, majors are not associated with darker feelings. It's much more like happy and peaceful. So I feel like having that end note provides some of the, the, the calm air, some of the welcoming feel to this, this weird mystery piece. That's the only bit I wrote down of like his little part of that music theory bit as well. Like um, he, he's, he basically says like, this song is actually classical music. It's not like, uh, what do you like say? Orchestral. Orchestral, yeah. Like people often say that orchestral music is classical, but this one is actually classical piece because it ends on a B major. Yeah, he calls it a Picardy third or a a Picardy third if you're a a Star (laughs) Trek fan. (laughs) Alex, do you know anything about that? Um, Picard thirds? I I forget the specifics, but yeah, it's, it's just a... Like, it's a way that uh, chord progressions can end, and it's just a... <coughs> I don't remember the, the jump, but yeah. Um, right, it's where you, you raise the third, right? So it says it, mm. it ends in a major equivalent, so you would play a B minor throughout and then end on a B major, I believe. Right, by raising the third, that makes sense. Yeah, so okay. that's kind of where that comes from. And it was common, because like, you do your minor thing the whole throughout and then end kind of like pleasantly. Hmm. Now, Alex, majorly. what do you know about uh, diminished submediant chords? Diminished submediant chords? <laughs> yeah, dog. <laughs> um, I think the submediant is the... Oh, man, I learned this one time. Is the submediant... It's one of the scale degrees, but I can't remember which one it is now. Yeah. Alex, what do you it's know the about the use of dominant scale. seventh? So, like, a submediant would be just the sixth in the scale, right? And then diminished okay. is when you lower the, the third and the fifth. Oh, okay. If it's not, if so that's what he's, that And potentially the seventh, if that's included. Right. So that's what's going on in this one. Apparently, apparently that's another classical trick, according to this random blog post. Where he was a bit arrogant in some points. <laughs> a little bit. He was like, or a Picardy third, if you're feeling lazy. <laughs> you don't want to pretty yeah, say it in French. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he says the use of a dominant seventh here is also apparent. So those are sort of the key factors that note this out as a classical piece of music rather than a just an orchestral piece. Uh, what do you think about that, Alex? You're a resident music theory expert. Uh, expert's a bit of a stretch. Um, I just Not had to look up. Show. I just had to look up submediant. Um, I I mean I think it's cool. I I forgot to read that article, but I had it open. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean it makes sense. It. Like he's actually. <laughs> Like in like broadly, the just the assessment that the song is using kind of similar techniques to those used in classical music, as opposed to just 
on the surface making it sound like classical music but actually writing like a, a pop song basically or a rock song right with, but with different yeah. instruments kind of thing which is cool and i don't know if that's something you necessarily specifically explicitly pick up but it would it definitely makes the song different and makes it feel mm -hmm. a little bit like it's harder to place because that sort of classical composition style isn't necessarily what um you know we're listening to day to day and it's not that popular compared to you know other forms of music and it's right. different from the other music on the soundtrack which is a little more poppy or jazzy that's right but still composed by the same dude predominantly he right. became the lead composer on uh persona 3 but he was pretty heavily involved from the beginning so yeah it's very interesting to see how like this one fits in like you said like it doesn't but it's also that kind of fits the reality of the velvet room in the game it's separate from everything else yeah yeah it's mm -hmm. like a world apart and i also think that um like i think i remember correctly like every time you 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 first go into there or like the protagonist first goes into there is it's when he's asleep and like i don't know if i'm just like reading too much into the music but like it does like sound dreamlike i guess with the the soft piano and and the the operatic vocals you know it sounds quite different from the everyday music that you hear in the game yeah it is like a it's like a space it has a very dreamlike feel to it overall it's a space that like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. looks like it could exist but really only in your dreams you know whether it's a a strange prison in the middle of nowhere it's a, an elevator, I think, in Persona yeah. 3. Yeah. Um, Persona 4 is, of course, a, a limo just driving in the fog forever. Uh, and then in, I know in number one, it's just, like, literally a, a room with blue curtains. Like, it's just... It's literally just, a, a like, a shop in the mall. Like, you just walk through the mall, and, like, you know, there'll be, like, a, a weapon shop on your right, and you turn, like, a corner, and it's, bam, mm -hmm. blue velvet room is right there, and you just walk into it. It's, like, this, like cabaret lounge kind of thing i guess yeah, yeah kind of like a back room or whatever yeah is that the same Ceiling. in persona 2 did they change it at all for that one oh, i'm trying to remember yeah it's it's yeah because you didn't have to like physically walk through the mall to get it you just like go on your map to this location and you could choose to go to it and yeah it would be like the same kind of like lounge room right yeah it's only with like three and onwards is when they changed it up a bit mm-hmm so yeah, it is this sort of like, and even that like lounge room is uh, something like straight out of a dream, right? You walk in, there's a dude sitting in a chair with a big hook nose yeah. and some, some blind guy playing piano. It's yep. like... <laughs> and like, you know, you have just walked in like from a, a normal, a normal mall with regular old shops and just here you are in this very otherworldly room mm -hmm. with this nice music playing. Yeah. And unsure of how to feel at first for mm -hmm. sure and even sometimes midway through you're just like i don't know i guess i come in here mix some personas up and and go yeah do some fusing you know you ask igor if he wants to hang out and he's like no no <laughs> <laughs> right i guess yeah that's that's the vibe of the velvet room um let's talk about what's going on here musically it's pretty simple for the most part here the original is yeah yeah, the the original is. Um, and of course, I'm talking about the original from 2006 onwards, so the Persona 3 to Persona 5 version, which uh, opens with that classic piano bit. Yes, which uh, we referenced in the last couple months 
because there well, I don't remember what cover it was now. I should have looked it up. It was a piano oh, yeah, cover. It, it kind of did like an ascending pattern like that. And it's a pretty simple yeah. ascending pattern. Like it's just like a really tight close together like do 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 but it's like yeah, uh, it's a narrow interval, but I forget mm-hmm. specifically what it is. Yeah, so we get that and like I, you can tell I never really paid attention to the song playing the game because I only noticed the like orchestral stings. Yes. Like, this week. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so like, yeah, the, like, depending on what speakers it's coming phrases. out of, it would yeah. probably yeah change whether or not you actually heard that part. Well, you know me, I'm just knee deep in menus trying to trying to make fusions, man. Just trying to get in and out, man. <laughs> get back to the dungeon. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I don't have time for this shit. Igor, put these together. He's like, oops, I fucked it up. I'm like, <laughs> Igor. <laughs> Yeah, I've really never noticed those those stings before. Like, I properly listened to it. Yeah, right? And they really do add some presence and, like, a lot of character to this opening bit. Yeah, like, mystery, I guess, is, like, the best way to categorize mm-hmm. the little stings. Yeah, they're, like, very tense feeling, and then they kind of release at the end. Yeah, and, like, they have, like, quite a bit of, like, build-up, I guess. Like, like reverse echo, I never know, like, how that... Like, you call that, like, where it, like, almost starts echoing at the start of it instead. Is that, uh, is that reverb? I don't know. I always thought that's, like, the end as well. That's the end. Yeah. Alex. So I'm not sure exactly what you mean. Oh, fuck's sake. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Decay or something like that? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Like, it has a quicker attack, and then then it fades out. The decay, yeah, that's, I think that's correct. I'll take that. But I don't know exactly I'll what you're it. talking about. All right. You also got some uh, some lower strings on this. This doom, 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 doom. So it it gets subtly filled out in the intro before we even get the vocals in. Yeah, yeah like it's, it really and it's all kind of gentle at this point. Mm-hmm. Not that it gets and really the... really intense later on, but. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. That piano picks up, particularly as we get to the end, and then kind of peters out again. (laughs) Yeah, and it kind of slows down closer to the end. That's like you were saying, petering out. Mm -hmm. And then that's when we get into the voice. Yeah, and that voice is by uh, Tomoko Komiya. Komiya. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I think oh. just like worked at Atlas. Like I don't even know if she, uh, um, was. Like, I would fully believe that. Yeah, like Especially, I think she yeah, was in, in that like, time a different frame. department. Like I've definitely from games at the time looked up like who was the voice actor for this, and it was like oh, it was like it's one the of the designers. <laughs> yeah, it was just whoever was around. Yeah. <laughs> and would agree to talk into a microphone, especially for like rareware games. Oh yeah. It's like the lead designer was also the voice of yeah. Anyway. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. I guess yeah, one just... of the weirder guys was the voice for Donkey Kong for like several years. Yeah. <laughs> and like um I know Chris Seaver, one of the designers at uh Rare was uh the voice of Conquer and stuff. Okay, yeah. I just I only know one name, so I figured I'd I'd throw it out. <laughs> hey, nice work. You know who the voice of Donkey Kong is though now? It's Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. <laughs> <laughs> As we just learned. Yeah. Oh boy. Good stuff. Um. Yeah. So she comes into the mix. It's operatic. There's no, uh, no other way to describe it, really. Yeah. Yeah. Vocal, not words, like you were saying earlier. 
Aww. Yeah. Kind of holding that. Uh, 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 doing a melody. Yeah. And then just pretty much everything else filling around it. So you get these little, like, much more gentle stings on the violin than what we had in the intro. It's just sort of like, boom, bim. Yeah, not as, like, dramatic, I guess. Mm-hmm. We've calmed down a bit from the sort of heaviness of the intro, which is sort of setting up the mystery. And now it's like, hey, maybe relax a little. Things are still weird, sure, but listen, there's a lady singing now. It's like, it's going to be okay. Yeah, you can, yeah. You've got past the surprise now. Now this is mm-hmm. a welcoming, mysterious place. Yeah. yeah just take it in. But it's still yeah. unusual. Like, this isn't, like we were saying, a style of song that that comes up very much. So No. So it definitely has a different feel to it. The strings also, what what I like about the strings, there's there's like the low strings and the high strings, but there's kind of like two styles being played uh, concurrently because there's the like more plucked sounding, quicker, faster decay versus the right. the like longer bowed strings that, and then later yeah. on those really swell up. But I think that's a cool it's a cool texture because you really have both of those going at the same time. Yeah, like, it, it gets surprisingly busy with, like, the multiple different string instruments. And, like, I'm really bad yeah. at picking out, like, which is which. Like, I can hear them and be like, yeah, that's that's nice. But I can, like, rarely uh, land on the exact instrument. Oh, yeah. But Alex, as our resident music expert. <laughs> right, as the resident <laughs> expert. Yeah, Alex, uh, can you name every string instrument in this? Uh, from, yeah. From so lowest to highest. There, oh, lowest, highest. Uh, <laughs> what's that massive bass? Uh, really massive bass. Um, nope. That's a fish. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> massive bass. Uh, I can't on, remember Alex. what it's called. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. It's it's like it's like a really uh, big, bass. bigger. Bass. Um, big bass. Big bass. It's, Big bass, uh, Billy. Here it is. What's it called? <laughs> Octobase? Yeah. That's the one. You have to, like, Billy. play it with switches because you can't put your, like, you can't use your hand. It's too big. It's, like, the size of two human stacks. Oh, yeah, on I'm top seeing that other. now. So you think they pulled out an Octobase? No, I don't think this. they pulled out one of those. I was just talking I, about I know you're being bases. full of shit. I'm yeah. just calling you on it. Yep. Just, you oh look God, up pictures huge. of an Octobase. It's quite a, it's quite an experience. Wow. Um, so as this song progresses, Alex, you failed the, the string test. You are no longer the music expert of the podcast. Whoa. Well, who passed the string test? I did. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> the, the, the passing way is to not play. The only way to win is not to play. <laughs> Should have seen that coming. Huh? Should have huh? seen that coming, huh? Persona? Ah. <laughs> Five? <laughs> That's right. Um, What else do I have to say about this one? We get brass in here at some point, as well as flutes at another point. Um, my point being, around like the 137 mark, we start to get a little more driving energy from the piano, at least. Just kind of like your chords there. Some dun, 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 yeah, kind dun, of pulsing those chords. Dun. Yes, pulsing. Well, yeah, or whatever. It gets like a bit no. like heavier-handed. Yeah, we do get a, like a, a, a almost an increasing in intensity, or at least an increasing in, in sense of grandeur. Yeah, yeah, it's kind those, of a new those strings join on the driving. It's a new vocal kind of section too. I I consider think of it as like three ish vocal sections because there's like the beginning part that's a little slower, and then it goes way up high, and then into this part. 
Yeah, that up high section is almost like a breakdown. Yeah, kind of. It's kind of clear space a bit. We let her just go off a bit. I mean, it's not a traditional breakdown by any means, but it's a clear shift in the song. I think it's a shift towards a lighter composition. Yeah, and then right at the end, it kind of pauses and then settles back into the part. Yeah. And then I think the next big moment is, as we're coming into the end, is the the brass instruments entering in. I still can't pick those out. I'm so bad with instruments. 2.13. They're that... Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, wow. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it does get pretty busy at the end. Yeah, and the the piano starts hitting harder. Yeah, Yeah, really hitting those chords. Jumping up and down. But it sounds better because it's a real piano. I think your mouth piano was pretty good. Oh, thank uh, you. It was great, Alex. And then we get that same sort of petering out we get in the intro to really wrap up this track. This bam, 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 bam. Which must be the Picardy third. That's, that's a Picardy third uh, if I've ever heard one. That sounds like a B major to me. That sounds like Jean-Luc Picard to me. Absolutely. <laughs> and then he says, make it so. <laughs> yeah, really, really out of place voice sample in this song. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the, so the song track clocks in at about like just under three minutes here, about two forty-five or something like that. Yeah. But and then it just repeats. Yeah. Then it just repeats. Yeah, because it's video game music. It's made to loop. It's made to loop. But, yeah, I just um, don't, don't know yeah. like why. Like, like I, I get it's made to loop, but like, why on the OST do they have it loop twice? I wonder. That seems I know, to be and they kind seem of to do that for a lot of these. Yeah, it's like a that seems to be kind of a convention I've heard on a lot of video game soundtracks with songs that are like about that length. I don't know if it's just to make it look longer, yeah. but like you'd play it twice and then, like the first, like they're they're exactly the same, but you just play it twice. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's so like you have like. Um, like at the the very end, you have like the end of the song without it like overlapping, and then in the middle you have that overlap, so you've kind of got both options. If right, you, you need it, I don't know. In the end, I I guess, but I, I've also heard on soundtracks where I mean, just fades out in the end, like it doesn't actually end definitively. Yeah, you hear it loop again and then just fade out. Yeah, I think like I think Dark Souls soundtracks, they all I think they loop twice and then fade out. Yeah. It might be just for like a casual listening experience, which is typically what soundtracks are given for. You just give them two loops in case the song is only like a minute long, and they're like, "Oh, I want to listen to a little more than just the one minute loop." Yeah, you yeah. Give them the extra minute, and so you you can kind of settle into it for a bit. Just think pushing like five thirty is a little bit long for a yeah. A I think you could have done song. just this the single loop yeah. honestly. Like two forty four is is respectable. That's yeah. literally only twenty one seconds off the entertainer rule. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> And that that's what we strive for on this. That's the perfection is the entertainer rule. Three minutes and five seconds a song. Absolutely. And yeah, they've overshot it now. So yeah, this song's a piece of shit is what I really <laughs> wanted to, to bring we'll up. Never make it on the radio. <laughs> never. And that's the only reason. For yeah, for that single reason. That that's that reason alone. Um Bad job. No good. <laughs> that's it. Anything else to say about the original before we, we chug along here? No, I think that's, that's yeah. we've covered all my bits. Not really. 
Very slow. Yep, and that's how rare it is to cover all your bits. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so that takes us into the distant year of 2006 to talk about Blues in Velvet Room. From the Persona 3 soundtrack and nowhere else. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, and somewhere else. <laughs> Wait, is it? it Where was, else is it? It was used in Persona 4 Arena on the character select screens. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I should Not have re-downloaded Persona, Persona 4 Arena. Yeah, have a go There's at still it. time, Alex. Not because Not I'm downloading it on PlayStation 3, so I don't think it'll download fast enough. Just plug it into the Ethernet, baby. Just emulate. Yeah, yeah, set up an emulator all... as we're recording. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah I'll just set that up. Real That's quick. good. Let me just... We okay, definitely good. don't don't age here. So this version is like the original but blues. All right, moving on into the year 2013. <laughs> <laughs> but there are things that happen. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I actually really like this one. I think, uh, speaking of that idea of like a, a sort of comfortable, semi-familiar setting... This sort of laid back blues track plays into that very well. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Um, um, we've talked about video game remixes before that are the like rainy day remixes. Oh, yeah, the like coffee shop rainy day ones. Yeah. I actually had one on this playlist originally and I took it off. Yeah, this is kind of like that. So you didn't need it. Mm -hmm. And this is also for everybody, this is an official one. This is Shoji Meguro again covering mm -hmm. his own song because why not? In a new style. He just, like, he made this song, just plunged it on the soundtrack, and then didn't use it for, like, nine years or something. Years, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I also is... wrote down that it sounds, like, very warm, and, like, I, I wrote down Coffee Shop as well. Yeah, it's cool. I mm -hmm. mean, a lot of that uh, that warmth, I think, comes from the piano. The piano is very, um, I mean, dull is the wrong word. I think warm is better. Like, you don't have those high frequencies. It, it it's yeah, kind of we lose back that a bit. grandiose vibe and replace it, it with just like cozier. Warmth. Yeah, yeah. And Which then the the guitars do that too because they bring guitars to do the melody. Oh yeah, yeah. The electric guitar. Yeah, it's like a very yeah, smooth something sound. Something about the way they're like swinging the notes or the something because it's that. They Thing is, because they, they add like notes in between, like the original vocal notes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like the guitar plays more than the the original like singing does, so it like kind of joins them together. Mm. So like it's got a little bit of that like blues improv, I guess. Yeah, that's that is also the thing about this version is a large portion of it is a solo, just yeah. like in like a lot of blues music. Yeah, in fact, yeah. it's kind of two solos. There seem to be two guitars that sort of play together in this one. I'm pretty sure it's two right. different guitars, which so also kind of fills out the space a little more because in the original, you get this like very clear voice that is really on its own, even though it's supported by a lot of, you know, harmony. It's kind of on its own in that register. And it, it it's, I don't know exactly how to describe this. I think I've got a great word for it. You're going to hate it. Please tell me. You, you ready for this? It's a it's a guitaria Ooh. of the soul. Uh, what what ELO may have called a rockaria? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose so, Alex. Uh, 
Um, but um, yes, yeah. the, the guitars, it, it, I think part of the warmth is that there's multiple guitars. Um, and they do some cool well, blues stuff with like bending and uh, and then they do kind of trading off between them. And then when it gets to the solo, it's one guitar solo, other guitar solo, while the other guitar that's not soloing does like harmonies and rhythm. Yes. Yeah. And here's what I have to say about that. I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, sorry. It's good. How's that? How do you like that? <laughs> Was it about a <laughs> was it about a guitar? Yeah. Um, it was about the solo. Oh, what I wanted to say about the solos, um, as we'll talk, it'll come up again in a later version, um, which may be unfair because I don't think that person's a professional. But here, there are specific references to the original vocal track and like the patterns it takes in the solo, which allows us to to understand uh. that we are still in the realm of you know Aria and the soul. Right. And I, I always appreciate that. While still being a unique solo, it's not like it just flips around those patterns there, but you get specific references to be like, this is a piece of music that is doing Aria of the Soul, but differently. Yeah, it's like, um, maybe it is like, I believe in a thing called love, but like, I think that's like, there's some guitar solos that are literally just like the like chorus chords just like played a little bit higher and that's it. Mm -hmm. But like this kind of blends both realms there like it does its own like improv blues bit and it also has callbacks to the like the actual song yeah and not to like jump on shoji Megaro's dick too much but i'm <laughs> pretty impressed with like his musical composition he's also listed as a guitarist so it's i have to assume this is him on the track and it all seems pretty just like very sharply put together yeah it sounds good i mean you've You've got to be impressed by him, just like with the sheer variety of Persona soundtracks. Anyway, mm -hmm. like he does so many different genres all in one soundtrack. So, I think it's okay to hop on his dick a little bit. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you back me up on that. Um, this one does another like unnecessary two loops, but like you mentioned, John, there is like two different endings in those loops. So you get the one that just carries on into the next loop, and then they have an actual finish on the second cycle. Yeah, that's a cool finish. Yeah. See, I, with this, like, with the the original, I could like so clearly hear where the the gap between the two versions was, or like when it overlaps to uh, the second loop. Mm -hmm. But then a lot of these covers, like I would, you know, be on my notes, and I'd come back to the the YouTube thing, and I'd be at like in the last like minute of it and i'd realized that like i'd missed the the bridge the between the two loops so like they they, they blend them a lot better in yeah, some, some of these later versions yeah 100 yeah. percent. i think that's part of that classical resolution since it is like so clear cut it's like you've hit the end like starting it up again you go okay yeah it's this is another loop yeah mm -hmm. whereas here it's yeah it's a little more blended like you said i think there's one other thing but i'll talk about that in the next cover because it's more obvious there all right, let's move on to it. Uh, the the game Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, uh, composed by Atsushi Kitajo in 2013. <laughs> um, the full name yes. of the game with it um is like persona f oh no that's the never oh yeah hang on i'm trying to figure out if that's the actual name this text in the back here that says ultra suplex, ultra suplex yeah i'm trying to figure out if that's the actual original release or not but yeah i just like that 
Ultra Suplex Hold is like the subtitle. Persona 4 Arena Which is hold weird because Ultra a suplex, suplex hold is not very a hold. Long. <laughs> very long title. No, the actual title is just like Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. Yeah. I think anyway, maybe that's, like, her move in the game, possibly. Oh, uh, let's see. The arcade version of Arena Ultimax was announced in September 2013 under its Japanese title, Persona 4, the Ultimax Ultra Suplex Hold. Oh. <laughs> so that's the, that's the Japanese title. That is the Japanese title. Um, Somebody's got to let them know what a suplex is, John. I think you're the one to do it. Um, Call them up. There's, I mean, there's a lot of different suplexes. Uh, Call like, them up, say, I'm, Lotus Juice. Um, what can you tell us about the Ultra up. Suplex hold? What would, I mean, okay, so I think the most common is, like, a German Suplex, which is where, like, you stand, like, belly to back, and you, like, hook your arms, like, around the person's stomach, and you, like, mm -hmm. fall backwards to throw them over your head. Right. So they land on, like, the back of their neck. I just, I don't, like, I guess the Suplex hold is that bit where you're just kind of hugging them from the back. <laughs> right. And so this is the ultimate ultra suplex hold. The ultimate I mean, ultra hug from the back. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, an ultra suplex could be pretty exciting. There's there's dragon suplexes. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's tiger suplexes. <laughs> okay. Maybe you combine all the suplexes in an ultimate ultra half suplex dragon, hold. half tiger. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I think that would work. All right. Well, that's what goes on in this game. It's the only move that every character has. Um, this is the theme for the the character Margaret, one of the uh, assistants in the Velvet Room. This one from Persona 4. She got big long hair. That's her thing. That is her thing. And she's also a grown short woman. Hair. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. right. Um, I couldn't find much on Atsushi Kitajo. He works for the Atlas team. That's all I got. I didn't. I didn't even realize this was a, a different composer actually that's yeah how little um, it came up that's i i had to dig to to find the truth I had to go to the, the mega 10 wiki yeah exactly that's that's digging so this I one agree. opens with what i'm tempted to call chamber music but like Ooh. amped up yeah like it's, electric it's, it's like a like yeah. a harpsichord sound but it's yeah a, yeah it's it's much much faster i mean it's a fighting game it's much more fast yes yeah. Because we're fighting mm -hmm. people right now. Is that what the instrument is? Like, I wrote down electric harp, question mark, because I really couldn't place it. Yeah, or like a clav, clav, uh, harpsichord or something, which is like the more electronic version. Okay. But I, 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 it makes me think of a harpsichord, or, or like I said, like a yeah, I was thinking clavinet or. Okay. I can imagine clav some aggressive thing. little guy sitting at a harp and knocking this one out. Yeah. <laughs> aggressive <laughs> harping. Really... I cannot picture that. I think I just a harp. Like, like imagine it. Picture a two D fighting game. You're in a library. He'd be like a character in the back, kind of oh like hunched God, over yes. it, and just like glaring at the people as he knocks out these chords. His hands are just flying across this little harp. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Can see it's that. it's like a plucked string sound. Yeah, but like very electric. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Very clearly an electric instrument, not. Uh, not a, an acoustic one, not and and much faster. It's not like the soft piano playing, like da da da. But bum but bum but like it's. Yeah, it's really picked quite up different. Speed up, quite and different. And then after it does its little intro, we get these these fucking strings just ripping in. Yeah, yeah, kind of descending patterns. I think <laughs> I think they're both playing different parts of the melody from the original. 
Yeah, I believe so. At the very least, it it emulates the idea yeah. of Ari of the Soul. Like, I understand what they're doing. Yeah. And then Boots and Cats drums. <laughs> like, aggressive Boots and Cats drums. Yeah. I mean, this is all about aggression. Yeah, I guess I guess so. Mm-hmm. It's that, that, like, electric harp saccord sound always makes me think of, like, the Symphony of the Night kind of Castlevania. Mm. Oh, definitely, had, like, yeah. Yeah, like, just very video gamey music, which, I mean, it is a video game, but, like... <laughs> yeah, very video gamey and, like, gothic. Yeah, specifically gothic. And, like, a bit, yeah, like, rocky, almost. Yeah. Yeah. Just because of the speed, mostly. The energy. Yeah, and, like, and I guess mm. drums being there. <laughs> drums that's and then we also do it. get this driving distorted guitar that comes in doing like an ascending chug yeah so there's a lot of stuff happening it's very in busy. this intro and then yeah so the chug and then when the chugging like it does the melody part on that violin did you guys say that already there's just so um, much stuff here there is goes a lot into the melody part and then I was like, oh, damn, they're going to do the violin for the whole thing. But that's not what happens. What happens, Alex? Vocals replace the violin. So they actually do have a vocal part doing the melody, but later on. That's right. And, of course, it's I don't know if it's a sample of the original just sped up or what, but it's it's also hype energy. It's Yeah, definitely faster. Hard. This whole thing is quite a bit faster. Yeah, like it sounds like... Like, the, the vocals sound like they're maybe, like, a little bit auto-tuned, but I can't tell yeah. if that's, like, been done or if it's just, uh, like, a result of it being sped up a little bit. Right, yeah. True. But they sound, like, a little bit, like, modulated, I guess. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, they've got, like, more, like, vibrato on them. But yeah, yes, yes, vibrato, yes. exactly. They do have the <laughs> that modulated Aria. sound. Yes. Absolutely. Vindicated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know yeah like like you said don't know if it's a sample or what but they definitely uh add that yeah because it could easily be just the just taken from the original i i would imagine it's like taken from the original that would be much easier messed around with yeah then getting like a singer in to do all this who needs yeah. real singers when you can record them once and then just do computer stuff to Use change the voices to make it sound different forever exactly Think smarter, not uh, whatever the other alternative is here. Dumber. Exactly. Never think dumber. <laughs> Never think dumber. Come on, people. It's that easy. Jeez. Uh, you think it would be obvious. You think so. Um, worth mentioning that that sort of higher up vocal section that comes before the switch to actual vocals, like the, the higher up section on the violin, mm -hmm. you can hear the bass a little more in there, and it's, it's also doing work on this. It's moving around a little. Yeah, a lot of this is just about that, like, pounding beat. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of pounding going on in this game because of the fighting. Because mm -hmm. of the ultra suplex holds, yeah. Because of the ultra yeah, suplex this, holds. And this isn't the only time that this song has been transformed into a fighting piece. Like, it's it's featured in, I believe, the final boss music in Persona 3 as well. Yes. Oh. Um, yeah, so it's it's highly adaptable, this piece of music. It is, actually, yeah. Which is impressive. I guess, like, it, it kind of makes sense. Like, a lot of classical music can be adapted, like you said. Mm -hmm. So it does make sense, because this is just a classical song. Yeah, it's just like a... Yeah, it's a classical song, and you can really just 
kind of molded into a lot of different genres here. Here yeah. we've got fight genre. <laughs> Smooth jazz. <laughs> yeah. Now the loop on this one is yep. interesting because it's not yes, a it is. full loop because we don't go back to the intro. Yeah, there's kind of oh. an intro and then and then it plays a bit and then it goes back to not the very beginning, which is what I was alluding to earlier when I said it's maybe less obvious because you don't actually hear the beginning, beginning of the song again. Yeah, so you're just like, well, is this a new section? And so it took me a while, but yeah, around 1.30, we get those uh, guitars taking the foreground, just doing this... Dun -dun, dun -dun, yeah, dun -dun, it's kind of like a, a whole turnaround section where the guitars just do some rocky, distorted guitar chords. And then it yeah. goes back into the kind of the loop point from before, which is after the intro, but I didn't define an intro before. Yeah, well, basically after the the violin strings, we just go back into the vocal melody, but on violin. Right, yes, when the violin part comes in, that's it. Before the vocals, yeah. Right. Um, no wonder I didn't notice the bridge on, or the, the loop on this one either. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a tricky one. Yeah. But that's also what you need in a fight game where, you know, something might go on longer than a minute and 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah you definitely. give it, like, a couple seconds to, like, do the intro where your characters appear and you look at everything and decide what you're going to do and then once the actual song gets going you just loop from there yeah and that's all it does for the rest of this track here right yeah i think yeah i think a couple yeah, times it's a fade like, out yeah because <laughs> yeah, it probably just loops like three or four times now yeah. yeah but yeah this was definitely when i was listening to the whole time and i'm like wait have i heard of this before like i feel like i've already made these notes and then i'm like oh it's yeah it looped <laughs> oh it's, yeah it's just the same yeah so i guess it's like sort of a much shorter version than the others mm -hmm. it's not like the full 244 or whatever no it's uh yeah it's like 130 because it's so much faster probably yeah oh, yeah you, and it doesn't include all the, the parts the progression like faster. very quick yeah yeah, but it still follows that like bass pattern. You get it's first true. vocal, then you get the higher up, and then you get the, the, the redux of that first vocal section. Yeah. And then guitars. And then and then say fin, yeah. Um with that, fin. we're gonna talk about the only unofficial cover on, on this week's episode by Eric E. Rock Calderone in twenty fourteen. <laughs> This video is so strange. Like, it's it's been posted by this arcade sushi group that doesn't actually seem to be active anymore. I went to their no. website and they haven't posted anything since like 2017. And their YouTube yeah. channel hasn't uploaded in four years. So yeah, I don't really know why he. Yeah, but they're not Eric Calderon because no. he has his own channel yeah. as well. He had a whole series with them actually of oh. X Game meets Metal. So yeah. there's about I want to say four or five videos. So I don't know what like deal While he they came still to with active. them. Their front page but... stories are Drop Mix and Knack Two. Just wanted to point that out, <laughs> which are from 2017. Anyway, because after that gaming was complete, you didn't need anything else. Yeah, yeah. They just hung up their game reviewing hats. It is weird though, because mm. like the Arcade Sushi YouTube channel has like 19,000 subscribers, and then Yrock himself has 1.5 million. <laughs> well, this was maybe uh, earlier in his career when he wasn't as popular. I I remember watching him in like 2014. Still, 
Okay. Shit, what did he have in 2014 for subscribers? I don't remember. Like, I'm sure it wasn't 1.5 million, but I, I would wager it was more than 19,000. Yeah, so I guess the question being, what would he gain out of this? Also, I, I they, Arcade Sushi might have had more in 2014. As a now defunct gaming channel, they yeah, may they have lost some traffic since... Uh, Maybe, you know, yeah. Since 2014. <laughs> but I think that's missing the point. And I think the point is... That this version actually starts with a metal version of Darude Sandstorm. <laughs> that yeah. is really the point. I want to point out that, so it's been four years since Arcade Sushi's most recent upload. It has been 25 minutes since E-Rock's <laughs> most recent upload. So is it this Castlevania going. EP? Yeah. Yes, I've been looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, Castlevania meets metal. He's doing Dracula's Castle. Oh, yeah. sweet. He's doing an EP like every week of October or something like that. Damn, dude. This is the start of it. First one's Castlevania. Yeah. The other one's vaguely horror-themed as well? I'm not sure. He's only announced the Castlevania one so far. Okay. Um. So yeah, Metal Guitarist from New York does covers on YouTube. Uh, Pretty big deal, apparently. He starts this with a, a metal version of Darude Sandstorm. <laughs> Just before the actual yes. like, video starts. It's like the intro part of the title. But yeah. Yeah. But it took me a second. I was like, what the f- I know that from somewhere. What is <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, me too. Like, I don't quite remember this part from, uh, oh. Oh, it's Darude Sandstorm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now let's talk about this video briefly, because it really is just him fixed angle playing guitar. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, unexpected only because, like, the convention that I would expect to see is is switching between all the people playing the instruments kind of thing. More like, you I know, f- Leo style. Not yeah, that that's that necessary. My but... question to to an Eric E Rock Calderon fan: Does he play all the other instruments? Do we know? He does all the guitar. I believe all like the drums is uh like software, but like he like tracks it himself. He programs it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. programs it. Yeah, so he, he does okay. everything himself. Like his YouTube channel is just him. Um, right, and, but like, everything he... else is maybe electronic. So just showing him like working GarageBand wouldn't be very yeah entertaining yeah, exactly. for a video. <laughs> like he definitely does all the guitar parts so yeah like you're right i'm I'm also surprised like it's just the one uh view yeah because typically people will do even if it's just them doing all the instruments they'll have multiple shots of them playing those instruments yeah pretending to play them to to give the vibe of like he's doing all these parts and he does go to the effort to redo it's not just like he picked the backing track of the original and threw guitar on top he did every single part yeah and has made it more metal significantly he has yeah so that's that's the first thing i want to point out we get sort of just like a uh like a hype up intro where you get the big uh down strums on the guitar as the yeah. little twinkly synth goes in the back yeah which is also kind of harpsichordy. yeah like yeah last one it's a, another speaking of genres that are close to classical in a lot of way metal yeah yeah, I feel like they, they can pull a lot of the same energy, particularly mm-hmm. in terms of, like, grandeur and also, like, operatic vocals would not be out of place in this version. They are, of course, not present, but they could have been. Because he just shreds them. But he they could have been. shreds them instead. They could have been. See, so yeah, the intro, I, I'm like, that's why I've watched, like, a minute of this before and was like, yeah, I'm not going to put this on. And then, John, you were like, hey, you want to put this one on? I was like, yeah, all right, fine. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first minute, I didn't find that compelling. I was like, right. okay, he's going to play guitar over 
the fucking song it sounds a little more metal like i've seen this a hundred times and obviously this is what he does he's one of those guys who takes a song and makes it into a genre and and that's you know the end of the day that said i do think there is some good stuff in here i think he could push it further yeah probably i mean yeah this was like one of his older ones i guess so like he like maybe played it a bit too like close to the chest or like close to the original yeah i think my big thing is the he he does a lot of like go buck wild go shredding mm -hmm. um which is where my complaint that i was setting up in the blues and the velvet room comes into play mm -hmm. since my trap card's been activated is that <laughs> there's no connection in that shredding at all to any parts of the original melody we've just left and he shreds and it's very impressive from a technical st standpoint but there's a point where we go, well, hang on, is this Aria of the Soul meets Metal, or is this just Metal takes over Aria of the Soul? Yeah, I think a lot of the time with these kind of, like, genre um, conversions, it can mm -hmm. be very tempting to just sort of do the genre convention, as opposed to doing, like, a modified version of the genre convention that maybe fits that particular song a little better. Yeah, 100%. And that brings me to the other half of my complaint, where I think he does play it too close to the chest, is in the the vocal melody part. This... It just sounds like a straight... like, like Yeah, like you said, Alex, like a genre conversion, rather than... And with this song, we've already seen that it can be pretty radically changed while still holding on to that its core identity. Mm -hmm. And it has been... And like this metal style, particularly this high-energy playing, serves the role of like a, like a fight track pretty easily and has been done in the main series so i feel like he could have picked a, a direction with this i guess rather than just a, a simple flip to to metal he could have he could have just had i think more focus in how he turned it into metal it's my overall criticism i think like um like the first vocal part which he plays <laughs> is like very straight for sure but like the second one he does at like one fifty four, mm -hmm. where he does like like hammer ons and pull offs with it, and he like plays it much faster. I think that that's like he's added something a bit more to that part. Yeah, a bit. It still falls into that just kind of like genre flip for me, where it's like this is the thing we do in metal. Yeah, isn't it cool that I can kind of do that rather than being like, here's how we can like really make it sound like this song was metal from the start right that right. should be the idea so i should listen to this and go like holy fuck <laughs> this is this has always been metal that said i will agree that the second one does come off better yeah and i'm say i'm talking a lot of shit here i still think he did a pretty good job overall i'm going to put this on um yeah. and i like the tone on his piano section there on the the little harpsichord sounding thing and when he does a little breakdown for that i think that's pretty good too yeah he does yeah. a little breakdown and shows video from persona 4 yeah and then later on, throws in some Persona Q. Persona Q, yeah. <laughs> so when yeah, it's like just the original CD. version there as well. Like it's just yeah. the piano. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Multiple so, yeah, bridges he... in one song. So I thought it was Multiple open. bridges, and yeah, he throws in like just the original uh, track, which is odd. Okay, there's yeah. a cool thing he does, and I'm, I don't know if this is a common technique or what, because usually you can't see the guitar player playing. Uh, but because it's focusing on just him, we can see it. And it it happens, I have a timestamp, it happens just after um, 2.27. And he's like shredding with his fretting hand, but his actual strumming technique is just to like basically slowly strum and just hit each string as he needs them. Yeah. So he's working his way up and down. 
it's very cool looking because it doesn't mm -hmm. look like he's playing fast but he is or at least not with his strumming hand yeah i missed that actually where he just like runs it down like all the, yeah, the quite, strings like like mechanically almost it's yeah. very yeah. smooth yeah that's cool yeah that's he's cool. he's super gifted for sure also a seven string yeah, guitar definitely technically proficient yes and that that comes off here i want to see more of that i guess like compositional proficiency yeah like more creative um proficiency mm -hmm. i'll be interested to watch his like castlevania stuff after this actually and see like how he's changed in seven years yeah that would be interesting and i would like to like to, i might have to do that too just to take a look yeah um, yeah, because not bad, and, I, you know, people grow and change. I don't think this is, like, I, it's not the most exciting take we're going to hear today, but a lot of the takes we're seeing are from, like, full-on professional composers. So, yeah. <laughs> for him to not fucking meet those standards seven years ago is, is fine. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, I've kind of dominated the conversation for this one, though. Do you guys want to bring up any points that uh, you'd like to bring about this song? think i think you covered most of the the stuff i had just like it's it's pretty short like the video is actually like 420 but like blaze it when you like get rid of the <laughs> <laughs> when you get rid of like the darude sandstorm bits is actually like a little bit shorter yeah because it's about a 15 second intro there yeah and an outro as well that's right like a 30 second outro or something yeah so it's really from about 15 seconds to about 350 yeah it doesn't loop it like yeah it just bridges to like different movements mm -hmm. i guess you could so, say yeah that is a uh yeah that's a point in his favor is he actually tries to make it uh a longer piece that goes through like you said different movements rather than just being like we loop it and then we loop it again and maybe take it up an octave or whatever like yeah he actually does try different things and that, yeah. yeah that's to his credit for sure uh alex anything else from you no i think i think we pretty much covered it all right, Alex, you're going to have to guide us through this next one because you're the only man I know who's played this game. Uh, Persona 4 Dancing in 2015. Persona 4 Dancing All Night. Have you played That's this? Right. Um, yeah, I have. I got oh. it on launch day back in the day for my Vita. Uh, but this song, I couldn't find this song. I, I booted it up yesterday. I found uh, the other Dancing All Night song, but I couldn't find this disco in the Velvet Right, I one. should note that this one only plays in some trailers for the game and uh, on the play, uh, the the Vita theme for Persona 4 Dancing. So if you have the Persona 4 Dancing Vita theme booted up, it'll play in your menus there. Oh, yeah. But otherwise, I, not in the game. Yeah, I, um, I didn't think so. This one is composed by Ryota Kozuka who has worked on the dancing series spinoffs, as well as Shin Megami Tensei 4, and, of course, Persona 4, where he made the Juness theme. Oh, Every day is great at your Juness. <laughs> oh, I went to I saw a video of the, the voice actor for Nanako doing the voice, just but, like, in, it was like a video of her saying it. It was bizarre hearing like a baby voice come out of an adult. <laughs> like a grown woman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very jarring. Um, this one is a bop. 
it's it's yeah exactly i mean that's it that's its purpose um yeah it's yeah just like all out funky um it like does like, the intro but it's like swung on the ep and like it's just crazy funky bass line yeah as you get this little glistening uh like effects in the back there yeah too. the like <laughs> chimes kind of thing twinkly chimes yeah, yeah. You got yeah. some really like enthusiastic hand claps. Yes, it's just a very like upbeat version. <laughs> yes, lots of enthusiasm. And, and it's got horns. And so. horns. It does. Yeah, it's got horns doing these little stings instead of what like the string stings from the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and like it's still got strings. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a lot of stuff here. Like even later on, like there's harps and flutes and like a vibra right. slap. <laughs> yeah, like flutes so much stuff in. in this one. I think this Very is probably busy. the busiest version. Yeah. Yeah, which, like, is surprising, because it's, again, a track that never really made it to anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah, like, it, was, it was only the soundtrack, the effort, right? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And, uh, like, what I kind of think is cool about this, this recontextualization, uh, is, like, the vocal part hasn't really changed much. They didn't, like, swing yeah. it or anything. But it feels different, because everything else has changed so much. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Around yeah. the, I think the biggest change mark is around one ten. It gets sort of a like a James Bond theme vibe to it. Uh, yeah, with like the tension on the chords. Yes, yeah, I agree. Because it's just like kind of like a, a slow, slowly raising chord, where like it's just a little bit of a difference between chords, consecutive chords. I think. Yeah. And then yeah, and then after that section we get like a like yeah, like you said, like a vibra slap or something, or like a glock in the mix briefly. Is that the, the vibrate y kind of yeah. <laughs> the ones you yeah. said. Apparently they're uh made to emulate playing jawbones. Oh. We we looked that up a long time ago. That's right. That was that was a way way back. Yeah. Uh it was a really fun flute trill. I don't know. I like flute I like trills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this one, I couldn't identify the the loop point. I don't think this one loops. Yeah, I think it is just one, right? Yeah. No, it, like, it kind of, it doesn't, I I, I think, I, this wasn't used in the dancing Oh, you know game. what? I think I just caught it around the two-minute mark. But Really? With the, like, dancing game, um, there's kind of, like, a, a difficulty curve, right? Mm-hmm. Necessary. So I think you might just make it progressively more difficult to do the rhythm stuff because the the music builds a bit even if it kind of loops right oh so you're saying that the the constant build for the song that i guess probably just didn't make the cut for the game but but like you you build in for game purposes a more busy rhythm section as you go on so that there's more buttons to tap inside the music yeah okay that makes sense that's interesting so like game designer drove mm-hmm. the like composition of this track <laughs> yeah that's i think what's really interesting this week using predominantly official covers yeah is t- music as a tool in games right sometimes it serves like the original serves sort of an emotional purpose to give the gamer a sense of calm and then you have something like this where it actually has to be designed to be music that is like played as a game yeah yeah and i guess that, like, is, if, that is something yeah if we look at like external covers like the e-rock one like where he can just make up his own solo and do whatever he wants whereas like the other versions are all kind of tied to the games themselves yeah Yeah, i think that is sort of their benefit is they have a very clear goal in mind 
Whereas yeah. with just general listening music, which is like the, the Persona meets metal version, the E-Rock version, uh, yeah, it can be, you know, there's so many reasons you could come and listen to that version. And that might be part of the reason it didn't click as well for me, because all these other ones feel so, like, laser-focused on what they want the listener to feel or do. Yeah. Yeah, they feel like, maybe, like, with more direction. Mm-hmm. But not often something we have to consider when we talk about the songs on here. It's not like Fleetwood Mac was making songs for the fucking <laughs> 80s video games or something, you know? Like, it's not, Unfortunately. It's not a purpose they had in mind. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> there's still time. They're, they're still around. We can get something out of them. True. Um, Alex, anything else on this before we jump forward in time um, to the same year? Yeah, well, same I, game. <laughs> same game. I, I can't hear a loop point, uh, honestly. I was listening for it. And, like, there are new sounds in the last... 20 to 40 seconds of the song okay so maybe i'm full of shit all right so i mean it might loop but add layer more stuff on top of it right like it might repeat a part of it yeah like not a full loop like the the original i couldn't tell if it's supposed if it's a like synth flute or steel drum around 220 but um definitely some like kind of metallic sounds Yeah, that could be either. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Alex, how can you be confused? And then it like it starts like a steel drum and ends like a flute. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it's probably a synthesizer, so it doesn't have to be either one. Right. <laughs> it doesn't have to be anything. <laughs> but it is a little. Yeah, you're and right. It's good. And then it fades out. So who knows how much they left on the cutting room floor for that Ooh, one? True. I don't think like if it was in game, it wouldn't fade out. Yeah, I don't That's think disappointing. so. Disappointing. Damn. Speaking of ones that were in game, though. Yep. And credited to Shoji Meguro in the same year, 2015. Persona 4 Dancing Electronica in the Velvet Electronica Room. Electronica in the Velvet Room. <laughs> Yeah, this is kind of a bonus track at the end of the game, so you can play as Margaret and do a dance. That's right. Margaret, I guess a fan favorite. She seems to get a lot more attention than any of the other attendants. I think because she's female and older than some of the very young ones. Oh. That's well, probably yeah. why. Because, um, you know, anime. Okay. What happens in this know. one? Yeah, it's a, it's more electronic sounding. Like, it starts with with a riff that like transfers from synth to piano but it's like a different riff it's like bam bam and of course it's bouncy again because it's all dance made to dance to. yeah it's meant to be like poppy dancey and then, to be clear this was a like you said it was a bonus track it was actually first featured in the same style as blues in the velvet room except on the persona 4 original soundtrack with no appearance in the game yeah oh. and then it at least made it to a game yeah yes P4 Dan, we call it. P4 Dan. It? Okay. Yeah. Dancing all okay, night. Sure. That's what uh, I call it when I, I give a P right. to my friend Dan. <laughs> P4 this Dan. This is for Dan. <laughs> P4 Dan. <laughs> uh, Wait, do the other, the other like, dancing games abbreviate like that? Dancing Moon Knight and Dancing Star Knight? Not really. P3 Dan and P5 Dan. <laughs> It was dancing in moonlight, I think. Oh, dancing in moonlight. Yeah, dancing yeah. in moonlight. And then Everybody dancing in starlight. Warm and bright. Yeah. 
I can't even think how you abbreviate those, so let's move on. <laughs> let's move on yes, to this one. On. So if you want, you want to talk about vocoded vocals. Yes, like, it like sounds... Digitally altered vocals. This one's got them. Yeah. Yes, it's got that, that sound to it. It reminds me of um, the Vocaloid stuff from Peace Walker. Oh, you guys yeah. played Peace Walker? I played some Peace Walker in my day. Um, where the, like, AIs sing because of, you know, reasons. Because of Metal Gear, I imagine. It's Metal Gear. Um, but yeah, this one's cool. It's a cool sound. It's very, like, electronic sounding on the vocals. So it takes those vocals, it, it like, puts them through the vocoder sound. So they sound very, like, digital. Or, or electronic, I guess. Not necessarily digital. Um, and, and then like chops them up repeats things and loops stuff and they'd like do the like skipping sound and things like that so yeah that's kind of the identity of this one but very similar to the last one it kind of sets like a a rhythm underneath uh and like sticks with the beat even though it ends up getting fairly busy at times with other stuff but like the the rhythm has to be consistent for dancing purposes yeah yeah, there's a lot of just like layering of synths that come in. It's like, here's another one doing this little sound effect. Here's one doing this. Yeah, lots of, definitely lots of sounds. There's a cool sound. I wish I had a timestamp. I don't. It's before a minute, I can tell you that. But it's it's like a cymbal sound, but it's like they slowed a cymbal down. It's probably just a descending synth, but I think it sounds cool. Oh, I want to find that now. Um, Is it around like the... Like when she's in the high vocal section. I'm trying to find it. I don't remember where it is. I think you're making this up. Yeah, I think you're making this up. I know it briefly switches to like kind of like boom bap drums that have been distorted at around like the 110 mark to get us back into the song. Oh, wait, I think I found the symbol at like 38. That sounds okay. plausible. That's just a regular symbol. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're making this up, Alex. You're I can't find it up, now. Alex. I wrote down a note, but I can't find it. <laughs> so I originally thought the loop on this was at a minute and 43 seconds. But then something weird happens, and they put in a vocal sample of somebody yeah, they talking? Do. Yeah. Like, I, I would guess that's, like, her voice lines from the game, possibly. But possibly. I couldn't, I couldn't make anything out. I, I caught the lines, I was talking to this guy. Yeah, I heard, I'll take myself. Yeah, we're here already. Give me that beat, honey. I was talking to this guy. He said, somewhere. That's what I heard, but somewhere. it could all be wrong. Yeah. Okay, you caught more than me. Um, What was that first line you said? I'll take myself. That's a line from uh, a Persona 4 track, isn't it? Um, from, the, from the battle movie, I'll take myself. I actually, I, I, I don't know what the lyrics I are. I'll face that myself. That oh, is the yeah. name of the song. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I don't get many of the lyrics in Persona songs. I'll be honest, I don't like hear them very well. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. In Persona Three, in particular, it's all like rap, but like either mumbled or just spoke too quickly. Yes. Yeah. Persona Three soundtrack was weird <laughs> it's a weird one it's it's still cool as hell but it is weird <laughs> it's cool as hell but like sorry this is a bit off topic but like it that one like kind of drove me mad <laughs> yeah just i think like, in terms of like like battle music like that one was a bit rough just like every time i got back to the dorm and you'd hear like that like rapping one 
just oh, like yeah. every single night it like kind of got to me after a while <laughs> yeah that one was bad but the one where the the lady just goes that one's a banger with all the trumpets and stuff yeah yeah some really good stuff but yeah like not as solid as the other two games sorry okay i found the sound i was talking about Okay. Alex, where's the sound? Um, it's about 120, and basically, it, it reminds me of uh, that that electronic drum kit uh, that was used to be Robbie's. Um, it has now like, Jesse's. Oh yeah, has like a really electronics uh, kit, like preloaded kit, um, and if you hit the cymbal, it makes this like kind of sound. Oh, and it's yeah. like that, but slower. Oh, yeah. So it's like, hmm. or it's like, you know. Okay, I hear that. I, I think that's I the sound I was talking synth. about. Yeah, it is, but it reminds me of that symbol sound. Alex Havitz out here hunting for fucking symbols. It's a sick. <laughs> Embarrassing. Uh, I believe you now, though, Alex. I believe you. I believe in Alex. Um, yeah. And kind of an abrupt end on this one, I think. That's what I'm yeah. here. Let's see if I believe that. Yeah, like it oh, goes yeah. back to the like intro sounds yeah. and it just stops. Yeah. And it stops. Yeah. At least it doesn't fade out. Like I think it, it makes sense for a dancing game where you'd like stop on like a solid note and do like a final pose kind of thing. Yeah. That checks out. Yeah. Hell yeah. Anything else yeah. on this that one? That works. Not for me. No. No. All right. Let's talk about Persona 3 Dancing Moon Knight in 2018. by uh, T. Komine, who is a guest artist for this game, a uh, Japanese artist who makes trance and techno music. It says he was born in California on this random website, though, so hey. Oh, okay. Yeah, weird. I'm pretty Japanese sure American, guys. or American is, Japanese. Is dubstep music still, like, in, or does it <laughs> sound dated? Um, it, I, I'm not really current with electronic music, so it, it's definitely, like, dubstep sounds. I, I, I don't know how someone who is up on that would react though all right good to know alex john you're yeah. huge into edm what do you what do you think about all this what do, do i think it's still like relevant <laughs> yeah <laughs> was it relevant in 2018 in 2018 um fuck i don't think so like i remember i remember um like Robbie would drive a bunch of us home from high school, right? So this was mm -hmm. like 2010 or something, and he and uh, a bunch of them were were super into like EDM back then. So that was like eight years ago. I don't think it's as big as it was back then, um, especially even in 2018. So short answer, no. <laughs> okay, that's what I felt as well. Um, maybe the Japanese music scene's different. Who knows what's going on there? That's true. Yeah, I, I mean, mean after listening to the neo the world ends with you soundtrack um apparently at least there's a there's like a new metal contingent over there so oh okay Hell things yeah. are different is what i'm saying <laughs> things are different they're, they're a strange country they've just discovered uh disturbed over there <laughs> yeah so yeah this one's very uh we're chopping up that uh vocal pattern and you're getting those big, like, machine-whirring noises. Those... Yeah, how do you even... <laughs> what do you call yeah. those? What do you... Yeah, what do you call those? I don't know. 
Wub wubs. Those wub wubs. The wubs are like the base part, though. Yeah, they're like oh. the deeper parts. There's some of that, yeah. isn't there? The... Uh, well, which part is the dubs? And which part's the stem? Whoa. Alex, you've raised a, a good question here. <laughs> yeah. I don't think any of us are qualified to answer that, unfortunately. No, no. but yes, what, it's, we, it's we, very harsh, very heavy synth, and like this pounding beat. Yeah, I was going to say, we spent a lot of time fucking around on this episode, but this song does not. It gets right into it. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> it gets right to it, and it, it goes hard. <laughs> it goes hard, and we even have an actual vocal sample in this. I guess the last one had one too, but this one's used frequently of a guy saying, bring the bass back. Is that what he's saying? <laughs> that is what he's saying. That's what that I is. Okay. Yeah, this I is also... the word bass. This one also has gameplay footage, so you can see the, like motion captured like idle dancing with the persona models on pasted on top yeah which is always a little weird because like i don't think they want to change the size too much so some of the models relative to each other don't seem to be quite the same size to make them all work <laughs> together yeah anyway um yes it starts with that very harsh lots of that dubstep sounds and then it kind of breaks down and just goes into the vocal part yeah and that's uh we get it, it kind of focuses on the <laughs> keys there too the dun, 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 dun. yeah and some of that it's vocal a, sample it's a real breakdown section and then of course we get your classic uh like build up going yes back into the dubstep sound sounded yeah. just like the intro to me I, maybe i'm just not trained in dubstep. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd agree. <laughs> uh, I, it's, yeah, it's it's cacophonous, right? And I, yeah. I, yeah, none of us are EDM experts, so to to say I've noticed it different. I think there's more laser noises and shit going on. There is, and there's especially like, when it yeah screams. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, probably more laser noises. I believe that. I love that laser noises just make sense. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like lasers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously. And then, yeah, it kind of does that. A lot of that, like, screwed around version of the vocal part. Um, and then, like, the whoops and wee and all the whatever dubstep stuff. Um, <laughs> and just uses the vocal parts all around and, like, does wacky stuff with them. And then later it does, like, a key change for the last, like, yeah. minute and a bit. Is that after the big drop? It's whenever yeah. Margaret comes in, yeah. So about three minutes in there, yeah. 2.40, yeah. There's like a, a little drop. And then bumps up the, the key change, I think. Yeah, there's oh, like yeah. A, a sound of an electronic zipper going up. It's like... Boop. And then it's like... <laughs> <laughs> that's it exactly. <laughs> Which is cool. I think, like, I think it's the first version that's like changed keys. Yeah. First one Which I is something. Yeah. It's done. Yeah, it's interesting because this is another one that, while it is an official version, it's not an Atlas team member doing the the remixing of. True, and like this one's also presumably not a re-recording. It is like a remix using original parts. Yeah. You'd assume, since that's what remixes generally are. Generally do, yeah. And he would have access to a master track, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like the stems. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, to to sum up my feelings, I'm not like qualified enough to say whether this is good or bad dubstep. 
Um, it's one of the more, it's a different take from what we've seen so far. Yeah. It's and, another one and, that like serves its purpose in the dancing game field. Yeah. And yeah. speaks to, to the sort of flexibility of the original track. Cause you can pull even just that, that vocal sample and just put it that. in something. Yeah. And my brain still goes, Oh yeah, that is Aria of the soul. Isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, and not then, really, uh, like deep enough into like deep enough implies I'm into EDM at all. I just can't talk about it really yeah not not not, not qualified to yeah to make an opinion on that um and then that, they get a king talk... crazy rating yeah they get yeah king crazy rating alex what are the ratings in persona uh Explain king crazy is the best one Whoa. okay what comes next i don't remember queen okay. mentally unwell or like oh <laughs> <laughs> uh probably like don't. i don't remember i can't remember and i played yesterday well shit alex i didn't Doesn't get matter anymore crazy, we're moving on alex the, the train's leaving the station we're talking yep, about super smash bros ultimate let's talk about smash 5 2019 <laughs> Arranged by Mitsuhiro Kitadani, who uh, has done other games as well. They've been a composer on Pokémon Tournament and Pokémon Tournament DX, as well as Demon X Machina, which are video games. Oh. So I guess maybe they work for Nintendo, or at least closely with Nintendo. They must, or like Nam Bandai Namco, I think, worked yeah, on the that dev could be as well. stuff for Smash Ultimate. Yeah. They also did Ace Combat 7, Skies Unknown. Yeah, so they like arrange this. What do you think? Stuff. Just like, well, yeah, probably. So I mean, I'm almost always a huge fan of the the versions of so the arrangements of songs from Super Smash Bros. games. I haven't mm. played much Smash Ultimate, but I played a lot of Smash Four, and I listened to the soundtrack to that a lot. So I had the CD, right? And they're just like the toe tappinest versions of just all the best tracks. Like it's amazing. Yeah. So what this one benefits from is that it is not only Ari of the Soul, but it's kind of Ari of the Soul filtered through the Persona Five yes. style of music. True. There's a lot of that. Yeah. Other yeah. stuff in there that's just Persona Five y, or possibly specific parts of Persona Five tracks. I don't really know the. I think. That yeah. Way. I think there is in the in the strings things. You get this. Dan, 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 which is a reference to the intro song. Wake up, get up, get Wake out there. Up, pretty get sure. up, get up there. I know that song. Yeah, so you get some of those things in here. Is that the title theme? Yeah. 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 Yeah, so it's definitely like specific to Persona 5. Mm -hmm. Which, of course, lends itself very well to high-energy tracks. Yes. Yes, and this is very high-energy. Uh, different from the other fighting game, the, per the Persona 4 Arena one we talked about, just because it's less in the like rock style and more... I guess Nintendo does this like jazz fusion thing a lot. Mm -hmm. it's like People have called it acid jazz. Online. Acid jazz, yeah. I believe that. I believe that. Um, that's like really cool, and it it comes into this as well. It's in the um, Mario Kart Eight soundtrack a lot. So I yeah, to... yeah. I'm not sure if the Mario Kart Eight one is called acid jazz as well. Mm, yeah, but I don't it know. It's definitely jazz. Yeah. That... I wonder what like the acid part means. <laughs> I think it refers to the street drug known as LSD. 
Oh. Okay. <laughs> I guess, yeah, that, that would make sense. Because, <laughs> like... That literally didn't occur to me. So like, it's, yeah, it's basically like psychedelic jazz. Yeah. Right. Matt Berry also gets called acid jazz. Really? Different, feels different from this, but I don't know the genre that well. Also known as club jazz, apparently, if you don't want to bring up street drugs into the lingo. Is okay, it more well, like electronic elements? Is that part of it? Maybe. We're getting off. Tra- we're getting off track. No, um, we're on track because this song is considered acid jazz. And it's oh, the it's name refers to the acid house genre, which was popular in the oh. UK. So yeah, Alex may be right with some. Uh... Oh, club, I guess. Mm-hmm. Acid. acid jazz consisted of two related movements. The first is based on records by disc jockeys and music producers who added percussion and electronic dance beats to jazz tracks from the 1960s and 70s. The second movement included groups who were influenced by these recordings and who emphasized a groove. Acid jazz borrows from funk, jazz, and hip-hop. Yeah, that checks out. It relies heavily on percussion and live performance. It is sometimes associated with jazz, but its emphasis on groove aligns it more with funk, hip-hop, and dance music. Um, yeah, that makes sense. This is like jazz yeah. you can dance to. That makes a lot yeah. of sense. There's like so much, like the drums, there's so much, so many drums happening. And like the bass is so fat. The rhythm section is just very, very fast in this version. Yeah, very funk-based. Very fast, yeah. And, so yeah, we and, open yeah. with a, a hyped up version, like very quick piano. Then the drums are coming in right away. We get the string stings, and we're in it. Like eight seconds in, and we're <laughs> we're there. We're, we're just buck wild now. Yeah, and I think it's the same thing. Like more so perhaps in in Smash Bros. When like all the characters have their like intro, right? When they mm-hmm. come in to the stage, and then after that, it's just like boom, go. Yeah, and this song does go. Yeah, it does. And it does also, like, even in that big cacophony at the start there, you can hear the uh, the intro piano played again on more of an e-piano, really low in the mix. But then this... And it sounds so cool and hectic. There's yeah. so much going on. You tap your toes to it. Yeah, it's, vocals are in high-energy drums. Yeah. The bass is, I, I don't know, all over the fucking place. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, that's got to be the the acid jazz part. Yeah. And then, yeah, you start to get that, like, like e-piano in doing a little bit. Strings have been in here the whole time. Yeah, they kind of do these, like, fast, short pulses of, like, fast bowing. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, they're really fast. We do get a kind of breakdown for the high vocal section with some descending patterns on the piano and just a sort of emphasis on the big beats on drums. Yeah, the drums yeah, are huge there. Like, huge. Like, they break it down, but it's, like, got to stay intense because you're still fighting. Yeah. So it kind of like, suppo- really soars there. Mm-hmm. And I suppose with those strings, which were, of course, like, evident in the original, there's, there's strings as well, they've really updated the, the style of the strings to be Persona 5, which I think is an interesting move. That it's still like, you know, it is the string stings from the original, but actually now we're, we're adding on a couple extra notes and just doing a couple things that distinguish it as being specifically Persona 5 based rather than yeah. just Persona based. Make yeah, it really busy, like a, I guess. Yeah, more acidy, as they would say. Yeah, more acidy, a little more jazzy. <laughs> a little bit. Um, and then they throw in like this wah guitar sound too. Yeah. After the after that like breakdown section and like the drums of course pick up but yeah, cool sounds, cool sounds happen in this version. And then around the one thirty eight 
we get a lead down into a nice just chill piano section yeah after that like massive string walk down that <laughs> yeah. like yeah crazy. huge and then just and then soft piano Gentle and then piano. at the 150 mark we fucking sting into a guitar solo oh yeah the solo oh right there's a guitar solo <laughs> yeah this one must loop twice then right it does okay I think the guitar solo is the ending. Is the end, point. yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it does that, and then the strings kind of take over, and then it does the hectic thing from the start again. Yeah. Um, I've, uh, this guitar sound is present in, like, some other Smash songs, um, and it's, like, on the edge of being too sterile for me, but I think it works, maybe just because I've heard it a lot. Like the solo? The, to the tone. Of the guitar. In the guitar solo, yeah. Yeah, it does sound like quite. But it's also like. I guess. Like part of it, it like it, it has is like to be video game like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just because I don't know, I, I I don't know if it has to be, but it might have to be. For video game, yeah, maybe reasons, that's just like the Smash understand. Bros tone. Maybe they have a guy who's just True. like this is. I'm I'm the guitarist for Super Smash Bros. This is the tone I use. If you don't like to it, it. get out. And yeah, yeah, you make it fit with everything else, kind of. But it, it's, you're right. It I think it's close bit... yeah. to being unacceptable. <laughs> but no, it's it's, it's good. <laughs> yeah. I was expecting this one honestly to be the worst for some reason. Oh, I don't really? know why, because really? I also like like Super Smash Bros. remixes. But I'm like, ah, come on, like, what are we gonna? How are you gonna do this? You're going to turn Aria of the Soul into to a fight song? And of course, at this point, I've already seen it successfully done in Persona 4 <laughs> yeah. Arena Ultimax, but I was like, there's no way Super Smash Bros. knows what they're doing. I don't know. I was very skeptical coming in. Maybe because it's Nintendo, like, doing something, or sorry, like, it's not Atlas doing it. Yeah, maybe. Like, it is Nintendo doing it, and they have, like, a pretty signature sound, I guess. Yeah, and I, especially when working something for a Super Smash Bros. game, it all has to fit like a certain vibe. Like yeah. Alex, like you said, like the guitar tone is is recognizable. I think if you really broke it down, there's probably a few other elements that are like staples of Smash Bros. remixes. But I'm not noticing those here, and it's uh, it's just a big fucking ride from the start. It and... is. There's a lot going on, <laughs> and it, it really goes fast. And it still reads as Aria of the Soul, though. Yes. Yeah. I think that's one of the important features, mm -hmm. is that it doesn't take much to to keep that link to the original, but you do have to, to do it. Which is, like, pretty impressive, considering it is, like, basically a mashup. You can still pretty distinctly uh, still hear the original in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, overall, very impressed. Anything else for this one? No, I, th I think I think I'm good on this one. Alex, y'all, y'all settled. It's all for me. And now it's time to talk about our final verdicts. We got three categories today: the worst version, the best version, and the version that would play in your velvet room if you went to sleep once and then entered a realm between <laughs> dreams and reality, mind and matter. I like uh, it. John, you are our guest today. What's the worst version of this, and why? What's the worst version? I've taken Alex's gimmick of saying what's the worst version. Yeah. Um, it's it's called stalling for time, John. <laughs> yeah, Alex still doesn't understand the concept of this podast three years in. Oh, yeah. Like, I, the, I, the what? You want me to plan ahead of time? I don't understand. 
See, I think I have my best and worst version. I was trying to figure out how to say why it's my worst version. Well, say it first, then maybe I'll justify it for you. Okay, my worst version has to be the EDM remix, the T Comine remix. And I think that is just down to personal preference. I just can't get into it. That could well be it. I think it does also lack something, even in comparison to the other dancing tracks we talked about. Yeah, like, the the electronica one is, like, so unique as, like, an electronic sound, and then the EDM one is just, you know, dubstep boots and cats and stuff. Yeah, it almost suffers from the same issue I have with the Persona Meets Metal, is that it seems to lack a, a, a focus. Yeah. Um where it's just like maybe just made for general listening and then scattered in this playlist of songs that have very specific goals in mind. Like it just comes off a little weak. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's mostly down to personal preference. Yeah. It could very well be it as well. Uh, yeah. It, it just, yeah, it didn't, it didn't read for me as well for that reason. Uh, Alex, it's the worst version. I think mine is probably the persona Four arena version. Hmm. Just because I it, it didn't like have a good hook for me, uh, in terms of different stuff like the blues was a really cool feeling and like the metal was a neat change and I kind of like the dancing versions too, and of course uh, you heard me talk about the um the Smash Bros one, but yeah maybe it's just because I'm comparing it to the Smash Bros one because they're both like fighting game versions, but I I just. As much as it kind of served its purpose, I just didn't have as good a time with it. Mm. There's some like really busy stuff that doesn't work out for me at the start in particular. So, mm. Mm. I don't know. That one kind of slapped for me. I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> I didn't really dislike any of them yeah. that much. So yeah, it's, that's it's really it's a relative scale, you know. But I think that one's the just the lowest for me. Yeah, sometimes I have to look at these and put them into sort of tiers before I think about which one's the worst. And I think, like, top tier is probably uh, the Smash Bros version and the Blues in the Velvet Room are probably my my upper tier. And then mid, you've got the, like, Electronica, the Dance Hymn of the Soul, and then, like, your bottom tier is going to be, like... Yeah, be maybe oh I don't know where does yeah I I put the Ultimax one that sort of middle tier as well and then Persona meets Metal, uh Dancing Moon Knight were one are sort of the, the lower tier area, so right. it's really a matter of whether I want to choose John's best version as the worst or if I want to choose John's worst version as the worst. You should follow your heart. <laughs> <laughs> I should. Um, it doesn't feel right to rag Do on on E Rock for his ah fuck it. It's it's the persona meets metal. It's and I I feel bad because he also does a lot of great things. And I think similar to what you said, Alex, I didn't really hate any of these versions. Um, I just wanted more from him, which that can't be a bad thing, right? Like, no, I I think you made, I think you justified your your point of view on on that version very well. Yeah, um, I'm probably gonna check out some of his other stuff. So you know what? Hey, and he won't be on the worst of playlist because I can't find it on Spotify. So. That's true. He has really? some stuff on there, but I don't like probably not his arcade sushi stuff didn't make it or something. Yeah, probably. So there you go. That's my worst version. John, what's the best version? So I, w- I was expecting it to be the E Rock version going into it, but like 
a minute into Blues in Velvet Room, I was like, holy shit, what is this version? And it, it's got to be that. I loved that version. It kills. I think it's, it's really so good. good. <laughs> Just like the, 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 like the bluesy electric guitar solo was so good. It's such like a, a nice warm friendly song to me <laughs> yeah which i think is also a good read on like the purpose of the original song where there is some welcoming presence in there and it just yeah. like pumps up that and it's like what if that's all that's going on in the velvet room and you go fuck yeah 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 it's got to be that one for me yeah hell yeah good choice alex yeah. best version yeah i mean honestly same like as much as i really like the smash bros version um just that that blues one hadn't heard it before i mean i hadn't really heard either of them before but like just kind of blows it away like the guitar tone definitely beats it out and uh and the feeling is really cool and yeah it just sounds sounds really really cool so it's got to be blues for me too blues and velvet yeah uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna have to go unanimous on this one it's yeah. again as as cool as the smash bros ultimate one is it does a lot with a lot of pieces whereas this one uses very few pieces and truly is like it true to the name it is blues and, and in the velvet room like it uses blues like standard ideas like solos and that but it really ties it to aria of the soul it makes this welcoming atmosphere the tone sounds great it's brilliant i love that one um with that wild card category uh you jump into the velvet room because you're now also a japanese high schooler uh what's what's playing i think mine's probably got to be the persona meets metal version just because that makes like, sense. when I was uh, not a Japanese high schooler in particular, but just as a regular <laughs> high schooler, I was like only listening to metal. So I think if like my my personal velvet room would probably be pretty pretty metal with with guitar solos and stuff. Hell yeah, Alex, what do you got? Uh, my if it was my weird velvet room dream, probably I would expect Dancing Moon Knight like dubstep version because i just wouldn't be able to focus on anything I'd be like what the fuck's going on what's all this sound and they'd be like saying weird stuff to me i'd be like what 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 was that about the bass persona <laughs> bring the bass back something that it's it's all about what um yeah that's what and, i would and expect. then you wake up and you're like i, I wouldn't expect i, I wouldn't expect them that. to make it easy on me <laughs> that's yeah that's good yeah a, a good confusing one um, I could honestly double dip on Blues in the Velvet Room, but I'm going to give it to to Dance Hymn of the Soul, the disco in the Velvet Room track. Hell yeah. I think that that would be like that, that mix of like, oh, this is kind of comfortable, but it's also very confusing. Why is why is disco happening in this space right <laughs> yeah. now? And that would set me up for something, some kind of adventure. Yeah, and then it could be like kind of like in the background, like sound like it's from another room kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. Be good stuff. Um, here, let's further this question. What would your velvet room be? Would it just be a room with velvet in it, or would it be a train or a, a bus? What? Ooh. Uh, it d depends what, like, I, I don't think, like, the velvet room means anything to the characters, does it? Like, I don't think an elevator, well... Mm -hmm. The elevator kind of relates to that tower climb. The right? tower, no, yeah. No, John, I, I think I think you're right. There's not much symbolism in the Persona series. <laughs> I, but I no, think uh, you might be right in that it doesn't necessarily reflect the character. The, the character, character or yeah. the, the scenario they're in. Yeah. So mine would be like some dead end job retail store. Cause <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel oh, that like sucks. <laughs> I feel like for me it would be like a classroom or something. Did they do that already? Um, not yet. No. 
Yeah. That'd be like the least creative thing they could do. <laughs> yeah. Right. Another classroom. You, you, you're in yeah. a different classroom. Oh, wow. okay. Oh, neat. <laughs> Fuck, maybe but, I'd like double down on the blues and velvet room and mine would be like a coffee shop or something. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be sick. All right. That's our main segment. That's our final verdicts. Tell us what you thought. Uh, you know, you got a similar opinion, different opinion, want to talk about a version we didn't talk about, hit us up on Twitter. Hashtag CoverMePod, at Jake the Cressy, at SirAlexWiseGuy, at Sir John Snow. Uh, tell us what your velvet room would look like to, you know, communicate with us. Join the conversation. You can also email us at CoverMePod at gmail.com. Send us your comments, questions, suggestions for future episodes. We've done two suggestions by John in a row because we listen Whoa. to people who suggest things. That's right, John. Coming up this week is uh, i do anything for love. I know, I already listened to the playlist. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so get ready for that, people, um, at this time. When you guys are listening to this, it'll already be out. So yeah, if you haven't listened to it yet, go back. It was last week. You've <laughs> missed it. Um, with that, we're going to jump to our bonus segment because we have a guest. That's right. Yeah, we yeah. do bonus segments when they're guests. Wow. Um, had a lot of trouble with this bonus segment because, again, we there's not a lot of crossover in the Persona games we have played. So I was going to do like a Persona quiz where you had to guess who had made the top 10 in the popularity list for Persona 4, but that was too much work. Here's what I'll ask. So the sort of social sim slash romance aspect of the Persona games has increasingly become like a huge part of the series. And indeed in gaming in general, a lot of games are adopting this where even I'm playing Warrior, the new WarioWare game has like dating sim mechanics where you can <laughs> give gifts to the characters to improve your relationship with them. My question to y'all, uh, what game series would you like to see incorporate these social sim mechanics, and why? Ooh. Fuck. <laughs> That's a hard one. That's a tough one. Um, I didn't even think about this one, and I knew the question going into this. Uh-oh. If, if, it's, if it's a dating, if it's dating sim aspects um, in particular... I think Dark Souls, um, you know, being able to, like, go give your boy Solaire a little gift, you know, he, he, he already flirts with you a little bit in Dark Souls mm -hmm. 1, so, like, if you can, like, further that by giving him, like, a <laughs> a, a, a mug of Seagrow or something, I think he'd, I think he'd enjoy that. Yeah, I think there would be something interesting in that. It uh, Dark Souls kind of has that on a rudimentary level, where if you swing a sword at somebody, they don't like it and will fight you. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, I think but, like being able to like give character like NPCs gifts or something would be kind of interesting. Yeah, I might add something to those. Yeah, I, that's a that's a good call. I like that, Alex. What do you got for me? Oh, I don't know if I like the idea of just kind of tacking on um, dating sim mechanics onto another. Well, I series. never said tack it on. The idea oh, is you pick enough. one where it would actually benefit the thing. Yeah, I can't. I can't I, think of one. <laughs> oh, so it's all tacked on then, is it, Alex? I don't know. You can't maybe. take one. What if you put it in Ratchet and Clank, but it's only Ratchet between and Ratchet and Clank? Um, and then if you if you fuck it up and the relationship goes south, you can't double jump anymore. Yeah, double jump. <laughs> um, there, there's a remake of uh, the Super Nintendo game. Oh fuck, what's it called? Um, I I have the name wrong in my head. I, damn it, one sec. Super Mario. That's the one. Yeah. The new, new, new Super Mario Super Bros. Because <laughs> the movie, uh, the game, <laughs> the movie, the game. That's right. Uh, where he plays Chris Pratt yeah. wearing a Mario hat. Uh... Um, here's what I got. 
here's, I got two sort of ideas. One, a sports game of sort of any kind, particularly one where you work with a team. Hmm. And then maybe like characters kind of trade to different teams throughout the progress of the, the story. So if you built relationships with them and then they were they were switched to another team, they might go easier on you guys in a in a match or something. And then you oh, could yeah. also improve like the, the teamwork of your own team by like team building relationships and stuff. I think that would actually be interesting. You could even have it like where it can go negative and positive. So rather than just having ranks one to ten, you could have like negative ten to positive ten. And so you could also build rivals through that system, and then that that changes the dynamic. I think a social aspect in sports games would be pretty cool. Okay, yeah, I like, found the I found the name. What's the name, Alex? Act Razor. Oh right. That because it's like town builder, and you're like a god. You could do some like probably have to tweak it a bit to make it better, but like basically have a relationship with your people in the town, kind of thing. Yeah, that would be interesting. And also like a, fight yeah. stuff with a sword, and maybe they could come help or something. I don't know. I like that, Alex. It took a while, but I like it. Yo, well, I see. There's two su- there's Super Nintendo games that get mixed up, and that's Act Razor and Axelay, but I couldn't get mm. Axelay out of my head, and that's a very different game. So I couldn't remember the name of Act Razor, but they just released a remake of it. That's right, they did. Um, I had one other idea. That new Kirby game is breaking ground by being in full 3D. What if he wow. also has relationships with the different enemies that he can suck up and absorb? And then... Or the or the animal friends. Okay, that would work too. I don't know. But I was thinking if you, you think made that. friends with certain types, you became better friends, it would improve your, your powers as them. So if it was like the cutter, you could get That'd a bigger cool. cutter or multiple ones as the relationship improves. Things like that. Or like if you pissed one of them off, he'd like suck them in and it would give him like indigestion. That's right. He just gets the shits. And you, yeah. He can, like, throw one cutter, and then it wears off. He shits it back out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be a killer mechanic, because then yeah. they also wouldn't like the act of getting eaten, so you'd have to balance out how much you use them, even if they are a good yeah, one. Yeah, because it would piss them off. Hell yeah. But then if, like, you max them out, then you could suck them up with no consequences. That's right, 100%. I like that. I like that. That's the right answer. Everything else is wrong. Tell us your ideas for social sim mechanics in a game. Hashtag social gaming. (laughs) That's certainly not used for anything else. That's the hashtag. Yep, fuck it. That's the hashtag. And that is the show today. Thank you all for joining us. As we always say on Cover Me, welcome to Cover Me. This podcast exists between dreams and reality, mind and matter.